Good morning. It's an honor to be with you in worship this morning and to bring you a message from the Word of God. So as I was studying Psalm 23 for this morning, it came to mind how one of the best feelings you can have is knowing that someone cares for you. It's something we all crave, to be loved, to be cared for. And it's especially great when the person who cares for you also has the ability to help you. Like if your boss or your manager at work genuinely cares for you, so then you know that they're not out to get you, that they'll help you if you're having trouble or make a mistake. And even more special is the way that parents care for their children. My wife Pam and I have six children. And it's amazing the level of love, care, sacrifice parents give to their children knowing their needs, understanding everything about them and providing for them everything they can, keeping them safe from harm, protecting them even from themselves. And so what we see in Psalm 23 today is really the most remarkable care situation of all. That is, God cares for his people. The God and creator of the universe, the God of infinite love, faithfulness, and goodness, doesn't just care about you, but he cares for you because he loves you. And knowing that God cares for you can comfort you in any situation. There's no situation that God's not sovereign over, and he cares for you. God, in his infinite love and his infinite wisdom, the God who is always good and always faithful, cares for you. And so we'll see three ways this morning of how God cares for his people. First, God cares for us by providing for us. Second, God cares for us by always being with us. And third, God cares for us by bringing us into his house for eternity. In Psalm 23, the psalmist, who we see from the heading is David, gives us two metaphors that reveal God's care for him. First, he says, the Lord is my shepherd. There's a lot to unpack just in this statement. The Lord refers to God. Specifically, it's the English translation of the personal name of God, Yahweh. It's the name God gave to Moses right before he delivered his people from Egypt. It's God's covenant name that he gave to his people. It's repeated more than 4,000 times throughout the Old Testament. Yahweh literally means, I am who I am. God's name, Yahweh, reminds us that he is the self-existing, eternal God. The God who is the all-powerful creator of everything. God bless you. God is self-sufficient. He's unchanging. And we talk about God so often in the church that sometimes we can forget the magnitude of who he is. But his name, Yahweh, is a reminder of this. And so David's writing that Yahweh, the great I am, The Lord is his shepherd. And there are many figures throughout the Old Testament who are shepherds, starting with Abel, then Abraham, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, and then David himself. And so when David is saying, the Lord is my shepherd, he knows on a personal level what this means. But this theme of Yahweh as the shepherd of Israel is seen throughout the Old Testament. The Lord is the leader of Israel. 
His presence, protection, provision, and guidance of his people is the same type of leadership we see a shepherd has for his flock. But usually this image is used in reference to the collective flock. The Lord is the shepherd of his chosen people. Yahweh is the shepherd, his people are the flock. But Psalm 23 is one of the few places where we see the Lord as the shepherd of the individual as well. David writes, the Lord is my shepherd. God is present with his people. He protects and leads his people both collectively and each as an individual. God cares for his people both collectively and individually. And that means God cares for you. God cares for you like a shepherd cares for his sheep. And David's saying that because the Lord is his shepherd, I shall not want. That means he won't lack anything. David's declaring that submitting to the Lord as his sheep is trusting that God will provide everything he needs. He writes in verse 2, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. First, we can note that this provision is from God. It's not David's own doing. It's not our own doing. David says, he, or the Lord, makes me lie down. The Lord leads me. There's a pastor named Philip Keller who spent eight years as a shepherd. And he wrote a book, A Shepherd's Look at Psalm 23. In it, he writes, It is almost impossible for them to be made to lie down, that is, sheep, unless four requirements are met. Owing to their timidity, they refuse to lie down unless they are free of all fears. Because of the social behavior within a flock, sheep will not lie down unless they are free from friction with others of their kind. If tormented by flies or parasites, sheep will not lie down. Only when free of these pests can they relax. Lastly, sheep will not lie down as long as they feel in need of finding food. They must be free from hunger. So in order to be made to lie down, sheep must first be free from fear. They must know that the shepherd will protect them. They must be free from conflict with other sheep. That means the shepherd must provide peace. They must be free from pests such as parasites and flies. The shepherd must allow them to relax. And they must be free from hunger. So the shepherd must provide food. And so as we submit to the Lord as our shepherd, he provides for our physical needs. It's in the Lord that we find protection, peace, relaxation, food. It's in the Lord that we find everything we need. So that's our first point for this morning, that God provides for us. He cares for us by providing for us, and that includes our physical needs. When David says he shall not want, we see that he has a content in having the Lord as his shepherd. He has a contentment of heart knowing that he'll have everything he needs and he won't want anything more. David proclaims that it's the Lord who provides for his needs. It's the Lord who makes him lie down. That's, it's the Lord where he finds rest. The statement, he leads me beside still waters, is literally translated as he leads me beside waters of resting places. It's the same term used for what the Lord seeks for his people. The root of this verb, to rest, is used when the Lord God took Adam and caused him to rest 
in the garden. The resting place is the same term used for the inheritance God gave to his people, the promised land. David's referring to the covenant promises of his covenant God. Those who are shepherded by the Lord are cared for by a God who always keeps his promises. When you submit to God as your shepherd, he's the God of steadfast love and faithfulness. If you are one of God's people, then you can know that God will provide for you. David claims he shall not want because he knows the Lord will provide everything that he needs. His desire is the Lord. He doesn't want anything more than what the Lord provides. Jesus himself taught of trusting in God to provide for all of our needs. In Matthew 6 on the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body. What you will put on is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. He goes on to illustrate how God provides food for the birds and how beautiful he makes the flowers. And how much more so will he provide for his chosen people? We can trust that God will provide for all of our needs. And trusting in God to provide for our needs results in a heart that is satisfied with God's provision. But this can be easier said than done. The culture around us tells us to always want more. Nicer car, bigger house, nicer vacations, designer clothes, newest smartphone. We often seek the comfort that we think a bigger bank account can provide. But trusting in God as your shepherd means that trusting that he knows best and being content with what he provides and allowing him to lead you to rest. And when we consider this rest that God provides, first there is the future resting place for his people, where we will be in the new heavens and the new earth with God for eternity. But we also have rest now. Trusting in the Lord as your shepherd lightens the load of trying to be good enough. It's amazing the relief we can feel when we no longer need to impress other people or seek the approval of others. We can have rest now because God changes our hearts to live for him. We can seek his kingdom instead of trying to build our own. We can have relief from the guilt of not being good enough. And we can find our identity in Christ instead of our identity in wealth or status or our position in the world. And David continues this metaphor of the Lord as his shepherd. In verse 3 he writes, He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. David not only knows that God will provide for his physical needs, but also his spiritual needs. God provides for his spiritual needs by restoring his soul. So God cares for his people by providing for both our physical needs and our spiritual needs. In Psalm 19, David wrote that the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The word of God is where he has revealed himself. He gave us his word so we can pursue him through it. And we see this throughout the Psalms. Those who seek the Lord will seek him by meditating on his word day and night. And this restores our souls. When we seek self-sufficiency, when we go it alone in the world, we'll ultimately end up spiritually empty. But God restores and revives our souls. And one way he does this is through his word. Another way is prayer. This psalm 
23 is a great prayer of David. It's a prayer praising the Lord as his shepherd. And this restores him. David also says the Lord leads him in paths of righteousness. And this literally just means straight paths as opposed to crooked paths. When we, look at, when we seek the Lord through his word and through prayer, when we acknowledge him as our shepherd and we follow his way, he leads us on the right path, on the right way. When the Lord is our shepherd, we follow his path. And he does this all for his name's sake. God cares for you like a shepherd cares for his sheep. God provides for your physical needs. He protects you. He provides the food you need. He gives you rest. And he provides for your spiritual needs. He renews your spirit. He leads you on the right path, all for his name's sake. The psalm begins with the covenant name of God, Yahweh, I am who I am. And all God does glorifies his name. God is glorified in his role as shepherd over us. God is glorified in our renewal, in our following his path. He's glorified in all that he does. But this metaphor of God as the shepherd of his people isn't only seen in the New Testament, or in the Old Testament, it's also seen in the New Testament. In John 10, Jesus proclaimed, I am the door of the sheep. Then he says, If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes in only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. And then he goes on to verse 14 to say, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I... Have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice, so there will be one flock, one shepherd. So to be a Christian is to submit to Jesus Christ as your shepherd. To not rely on yourself or your own self sufficiency in the world, but to know Jesus, the good shepherd, as your Lord, is to be saved by him. And Jesus provides for us in an ultimate sense. The whole shepherd analogy is fulfilled in Jesus. Jesus makes us find rest because true rest is only found in him. Jesus invites all of us, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He is the bread of life. He provides living water so that we will never thirst again. Jesus restores our souls. He said that he came that his sheep may have life and have it abundantly. We're all spiritually dead in our sin. But Jesus brings us to spiritual life. And so God does care for you. He provides for your physical needs. He provides for your spiritual needs. But that doesn't mean life is always easy. As sinners living in a broken world, things will always go wrong. We'll always have pain, illness, tragedy, difficulty, and sin to deal with. Having God as your shepherd doesn't mean life will be perfect. And David appeals to this. He writes in verse 4, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. But then he says, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So David lived a life full of danger. There is the possibility of death constantly at his door. Saul for years tried to kill him. He was hunting him. 
and David was on the run. Enemy armies were always a threat to his life. And now David is saying, even though this is happening, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he says, I will fear no evil. It's important to see here that David switches from speaking about God as his shepherd, where the Lord is the subject. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. But then in verse 4, David's now speaking of his own experience. Because David knows that God cares for him as a shepherd cares for his sheep, therefore, even though he faces death and difficulties constantly, he says, I will fear no evil because you are with me. He's now speaking directly to the Lord. You, the Lord, are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The God who cares for his sheep is always with them. It's the presence of God, the God who cares for him, that comforts David even when he faces danger and death. And this is our second point for this morning. God cares for his people by always being with them. Even though life is often difficult, the God who cares for you is with you through your trials. Although sometimes we don't feel his presence. When, when we see horrific tragedies like the heart-wrenching school shooting in Texas this week, it can cause us to wonder where God is in these moments. But God didn't promise a pain-free life. He didn't promise a life free from suffering or even tragedy. As David knows in his own life, he doesn't proclaim that God will make him happy all the time or protect him against all tragedies. He says that through the valley of the shadow of death, God is with him. The promise is that God is working out his redemptive purposes through a broken world. A broken world that is full of humans with pervasive wickedness in their heart. The level of sin and wickedness in the human heart is often staggering. But God loves his people. And he redeems us th from our wickedness. He doesn't promise us an easy life free from suffering, but he does promise to redeem us from our sins and our wickedness. He promised to redeem us through the evil, suffering, and tragedy that takes place in this broken world. And he promises to be with us. And so God does care for his people. He cares for you like a shepherd cares for his sheep. And we know just as God was the shepherd with Israel throughout the Old Testament, in Jesus Christ, God is with us now. Jesus is Emmanuel which is God with us. He is with his people to the end of the age. God in Jesus is our good shepherd. And Jesus himself knew about suffering and tragedy. Because the Christian God isn't a distant God that doesn't understand human suffering. Rather, the eternal Son of God took on flesh. He took on the human condition. He had hunger. He felt pain. He had times of joy. He shed his own tears for the death of his friend Lazarus. He even experienced a suffering human death himself. Jesus is the good shepherd who laid down his life for his sheep. So then David switches in verse 5 to another analogy after telling us how the Lord cares for him as a shepherd. In verse 5 he says, You prepare a table before me. In the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows. 
Here is now the image of the Lord as a host for his friend. The imagery is even more intimate than that of a shepherd. We see that the Lord prepares a table in the presence of David's enemies. In ancient times, the hospitality of a host meant that once a traveler was received into a shepherd's tent, and especially once the hosts have served him food, he was then guaranteed protection from enemies who would attack him. We see this in the story of Lot back in Genesis 19. Lot was hosting two angels, and when the citizens of Sodom wanted to harm them, Lot said, Do nothing to these men, for they have come under the shelter of my roof. And as a good host and a good friend, the Lord not only provides for us, but he protects his guests at all costs. The Lord protects us from our enemies, even at the cost of his own son. We see also that the Lord respects his friends. David says of God, you anoint my head with oil. It was a customary sign of respect for a host to anoint the head of their guest with oil. And David also says, my cup overflows. The image of a cup overflowing with wine points to extravagant provision. And this imagery of oil and wine in the Bible speaks of joy and prosperity. Because growing olives and grapes took time. And oil and wine were highly sought after in the dry, barren region of the Near East. And so uh, a good friend and a hospitable host would provide oil and wine for a traveler. And those who allow the Lord to lead them like a shepherd and follow wherever he leads, we find a table prepared. Jesus invites all who believe in him to come to the table of the Lord's Supper. At the Lord's Supper, Jesus is our shepherd and he is our friend. In the Lord's Supper, we come to the table of Jesus. We commune with him. He is present at this table. At the Lord's Supper, when we commune with Jesus, we experience again the fruit of our union with him. When we're tired, doubting, fearful, guilt-ridden, frustrated, proud, anxious, we come to the bread and wine of Jesus. We receive them as a sign of our union with Christ and as a means of our communion with him. And in this way, he nourishes our soul. David then concludes this psalm in verse 6. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So there's a shift in the activity of God throughout this psalm. It begins with God leading David. He leads me beside still waters. He leads me in the paths of righteousness. Then it changes from God to God being with him. Right? God is personally with David, and he is personally with all of his people. And now David says that the goodness and mercy of God will follow him all the days of his life. So God is pursuing him. And because the goodness and mercy of God are pursuing David, he says, I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is our third point for this morning, that God cares for us by bringing us into his house for eternity. The typical stay of a guest in the ancient Near East culture was a maximum of three days. After that, you had overstayed your welcome, and it was time to go. But we see the Lord as a host invites his people into his house forever. David knows that he'll have fellowship with the Lord forever. And so even in difficult times, even in the valley of the shadow of death, the Lord is with him. 
He always has God leading him, with him, and pursuing him. God cares for his people, and he brings us into fellowship with him forever. We will all be with God, with him, for eternity through faith in Jesus Christ. And that means all of him, all of his attributes, his goodness, his mercy, and his love will always be with us. Now, often people think that they deserve the care of God. That God cares for them because of how good they are. That God will be with them because of something they've done to earn his presence. But this isn't what God tells us in his word. Because of sin, we're alienated from God. Because of sin, we're in rebellion against God. Sin separates us from him. So we all start as sheep without a shepherd. We can't be a part of God's flock with our sin. We can't enter the house of God with sin on our souls. The holiness and righteousness of God demands that sin be punished. And we can never bridge this gap on our own. There's nothing we can do to earn our way into God's presence and join his flock. There's no way for us to gain the favor of God on our own and enter into his house. But by the grace of God, Jesus, the good shepherd, lived the perfectly righteous life we could never live. And he laid down his life, taking on the punishment of our sins. And he did this so that we may be seen with his righteousness before God. That through faith in Jesus, we may be a part of God's people. We are reconciled to God only by his grace. By no merit of our own do we become one of God's sheep. Through faith in Jesus Christ, sinners like us can come into the presence of God and we can dwell in his house forever. So if you don't have a relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ, then you're separated from God in your sin. You don't have him as your shepherd. Rejecting Jesus means rejecting the loving, caring God as your shepherd. Sin makes us want to lead our own path. It makes us want to follow our own way instead of following the good shepherd. But if you've put your trust in Jesus, then you've been reconciled to God through his sacrificial death on the cross. And you can know that God cares for you. Whatever difficulties you're facing in life, you can know that God is with you. If you come to know God as your shepherd through faith in Jesus Christ, then God never leaves you. He is leading you. He is with you. He is pursuing you with goodness and mercy. You'll be with him in all his glory for eternity. For much of my life, all through my teens and my 20s, I was like most people in the world, living life for myself. I had no idea that I was a shepherd without a sheep. I thought I was my own shepherd. I thought I was going to follow my own path, be my own person. But I'm a sinner. And as a sheep without a shepherd, there was nowhere to go during dark times. Without following the Lord, I was without hope in the inevitable low points in my life. But through the grace of God, I have come to know him through faith in his son, Jesus Christ. And now I know what it is to have the Lord as my shepherd, to know that God cares for me, to know that he is always with me, and that I'll be in fellowship with him for eternity. I now can know that no matter where I go, what I do, what happens to me, that the all-powerful creator of all things cares for me and is with me. So if you have not come to trust in Jesus Christ for your salvation, let today be today. 
If you have not come to know God and through the good shepherd Jesus Christ, then you're still a sheep without a shepherd. The prophet Isaiah wrote that all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. But God sent his only son to die for sinners. Jesus died on a cross as a sacrifice in your place. Through faith in him, you are brought into his flock. The good shepherd, Jesus Christ, laid down his life so that sinners could be made right with God. You don't have to go it alone in this world. Jesus Christ, the good shepherd, is calling out to you. And he says that all his sheep will listen to his voice. Those who are the sheep of Jesus Christ find rest in him. Jesus, the good shepherd who cares for you, is the shepherd who is always with you. And give your life over to him, and he gives you eternal life, so that you will be with him in all his glory for eternity. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you today knowing that you are sovereign, knowing that you are all-powerful, all-wise, and good. We express our love for you. We express our trust in you. We admit our inadequacy and our need of you. We need you as our shepherd. We will follow you wherever you lead. You are the Lord. You are the one who restores our soul. We will dwell in your house forever through the sacrifice of your son, Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen.